Companionship is what makes every journey enjoyable. Today, we continue our journey with Jesus. Join Scott Pauley as we make brief stops in the Gospel according to Mark. We trust you will enjoy the journey. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but not everybody wants to be saved. May I say to you, there's only one way to heaven, and His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We've come in our journey with Jesus to Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 17, where the Bible says, And when He was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to Him and asked Him, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Now, this is the story commonly known as the rich young ruler, and yet in it there's a great principle for everyone. You may be listening today and think this is about rich people. It actually is not just about rich people. There's a message here for all people. And what is the great message? Well, there's several things that God reveals in this story. One, He reveals a man who really does have a desire for eternal life. He wants to inherit eternal life, the true riches. But there's some things wrong with his heart, with his heart attitude. The first is revealed in the fact that he says, What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? You see, inheriting eternal life is not based on something that you do. It's not about adding something else. In fact, it's about subtracting something. It's about saying, no more of me, no more of my self-sufficiency. It's not about what we can do. It's about what Jesus Christ alone can do. It's about actually what He did for us, what He's already done at the cross when He bled and died for our sins, was buried and rose from the dead. It's not based on us, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. It is by grace you're saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So the first problem with this desire for eternal life is it was based on a desire to do something. I guess that's in all of us, isn't it? We think, especially in our society today, well, you've got to work for it. You've got to earn it. Friend, you can never earn salvation, and thank God for that. The only thing you can earn through your work is death. The wages of sin is death. Praise God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eternal life is a free gift. Another problem with this man who had a desire for eternal life is that he did not actually recognize that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. Now he refers to Him as good master. That's a kind, respectful term. It seems appropriate. And yet Jesus says to him in verse 18, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. That may sound puzzling. Jesus was not saying He was not good. He was leading him somewhere. He was leading him from where he was to where he needed to be. He was saying to him, You're calling me good, but there's only one who's good. Are you calling me God? Because there's none that doeth good, 
No, not one. No, really, there's no good thing in any of us. The only good one is the God of all goodness. So first, you have to recognize that it's not what you do. And secondly, you have to recognize who He is, that Jesus Christ is God and that He is holy. And so now we come to a third step in this conversation. Jesus quotes the law to him. Remember, the law is a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. Nobody's saved by keeping all the law. No one could keep all the law but the Son of God, the perfect man. Instead, the law points out our failings and our sinfulness. And he quotes these commands in verse 19. I would just point out to you that all of the commandments that he quoted are from the second tablet. Meaning by that, not the, not the opening commandments of thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Remember those that dealt with the relationship with God. Instead, he begins with the ones that deal with the relationships with others. Uh, adultery, bearing false witness, all that kind of thing from Exodus chapter 20. What's he doing here? He's beginning to reveal to this man that though he had kept many of the commandments, he had really balked at the, the greatest command. What was the greatest command? The greatest problem was there was something between him and God. The Lord was leading him. He was actually pointing out this man's sin. You see, before anybody comes to the knowledge of the truth, they must see their own error. Before they come to the good news, they must accept the bad news, and that is that they're sinners. What was the tenth commandment? This man said he had kept the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, but then he balked at the tenth commandment. What was the tenth commandment? Thou shalt not covet. You see, the Lord was bringing him to his own sin. This man was covetous. He had stuff. He had things. He loved those things. He worshipped those things, his own riches. The Lord's not saying here that to be a Christian, everybody has to go sell everything that they have. No, he says to this man, one thing thou lackest. What is he pointing out? He's bringing this man to a knowledge of his need. You see, before we can enter into eternal life, we must recognize our own bankruptcy. This man was rich and yet he was spiritually bankrupt. We must recognize our own sinfulness and our own need. We all have some sin. Maybe yours is riches. Maybe it's something else. What is the thing between you and Jesus? What is the thing that is keeping you from humbling yourself and confessing your need to God and coming to Christ and Christ alone for your soul's salvation? No one receives eternal life apart from the knowledge of our need and His sufficiency, our lack and His abundance. That's what Christ was bringing Him to. And so we see this desire for eternal life. But then we also see the Lord's loving look. The Bible says, Then Jesus beholding Him loved Him. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? After the conversation, this is after the man has responded uh, in, in such a way to Him in this conversation that Jesus looks at Him and loves Him. May I say to you, the Lord is looking your way today, my friend. You know that thing between you and God? You know that thing that you've refused to yield to Him? That thing uh, that you've held on to instead of Christ? Jesus sees that, but He also sees you and He loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He is love. It's not just something He does. It's who He is. God is love. There was never a day He started loving you. There'll never be a day He stops loving you. He can never love you any more and He will never love you any less. He loves you. And yet you must respond to that love. See, the end of this story is really tragic because we see not only this desire for eternal life and the Lord's loving look, but we see the man's tragic lack. He was not willing 
to turn away from that one thing that kept him from Christ and look to Christ alone for salvation. The Bible says he was sad at that saying and went away grieved. May I challenge you today not to turn away from the Lord but to turn to Him. Not to go away grieved but to find your true joy in the person of Jesus Christ. You want real riches. You want real pleasure. You want real fulfillment. You find all of it in Jesus Christ. It's not just eternal life for the future. Eternal life can be your present possession today. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, and look away from your sin and look to Jesus. Repent and believe the gospel today. Invite the Lord Jesus to be your personal Savior. And if you profess to know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, uh, but you are trying to follow Him and holding on to something, I say to you in the words of Christ, No, my friend, come take up your cross today and follow Jesus. This is the way to become a true follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for traveling with us through God's Word. We would love to hear from you and share additional resources for enjoying the journey. Visit us online at scottpauley.org. May God bless you as you walk with Christ today.